When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back to another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. It is myself, Jake Hassan, hosting today with Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano again. Josh Lyles, man, that guy's commitment is just, I, people are starting to wonder. People are starting to wonder. No, we're just kidding. He is, I mean, he's got life. You know, he, he's not, he doesn't have as much time on his hands as we do. So we're here, though. We're going to talk about it. Obviously, Josh will always be around on Twitter if you want to talk with him. If you don't like us, whatever. No hard feelings, a little bit, but whatever. But this is an episode that is going to be a little more serious. I think we usually like to have fun with this, but there are some hard questions that need to be answered, a lot of hard discussions that need to start being had after the Bears take a beating at Soldier Field at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, box score makes it seem closer really than it was. I think we can all agree on that. Two touchdowns coming in garbage time. I mean, boys, this was tough. This was a tough one to watch. It was a tough one to digest. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter angry. I think that doesn't exclude us. You know, Twitter is always that medium where you go right to it after everything happens. Um, and that's just what sports does. You know, we get fired up for this, but it stinks. Defense did all they could. They, you know, this is a good Saints team, boys. And so there's really not a lot you can say. We'll get to some of those hard questions, but just how are we doing today in the immediate aftermath? Yeah, this is going to be a nice, long, you know, deep episode here. But look, a Bears loss, especially one like that, it consumes our lives and it destroys our mood. I'm sure everyone's not feeling great today uh, on this Monday morning, but there is a ton to evaluate and a ton to unpack. And I guarantee you, by the end of this episode, you'll feel slightly better than you did at the beginning. So a little bit of positive outlook going forward, but there is a ton to talk about, a ton to speak on, and I know Chris feels the same way. Absolutely. Um, we've, you know, I mean, we've been in this position multiple times. We're Bears fans. We've experienced brutal losses plenty of times. This one really sucks because I feel like um, we could have, you know, turned the corner after this win. This would have been a huge statement win, I think. But, you know, I mean, sometimes it just it games like that happen. It, it happens. Uh, um, you know, it's it's something that we didn't really expect. I'm sure I speak for all of us. But, you know, the Saints are a great team. You know, they're one of the best in, in the league, probably top three, I'd say. Um, but, you know, the, the problem is if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, you know, the Bears haven't looked too good against two playoff caliber teams and the Packers and the Saints. Um, but, you know, like like Kevin said, there there's. You know, we're still three and three. Um, the season is not lost yet. Uh, but, you know, like I've been saying every week, I mean, things are going to have to change very quickly um, and they haven't yet. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But 
exactly what Kevin said. Um, there there are still positives. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is a real long season, sixteen games. There's a lot to go through, and there's still a lot more opponents to come up. You still have some impressive games coming up where you can make some statement wins. The Eagles, the Chargers, maybe not as much anymore, but then you still have games against Dallas, against uh, the Chiefs, against the Vikings, who look better now. So even though this is a tough week you and tough stretch here now, um, <clears throat> you look at your wounds, and you you look at the problems, and, and you look at what has to be addressed. Um and that starts with this complete lack of a running game. Seven running plays, absolutely nothing comes out of them. When David Montgomery was drafted and you traded up to draft him, he was kind of, we all thought he was going to be this three down back, this guy that you could rely on to do everything. You didn't have to, you know, switch, divide up the playbook between Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen anymore, so on and so forth. And that just hasn't happened. Um, personally, I put, the blame on, on not one specific person, just the fact that the offensive line still is struggling to, at the point of attack, to open holes to make anything happen for the run game. And obviously yesterday against the Saints, you fell down early. You fell behind really, really early, and, and that became a passing game very early. So I don't know if you guys have the same thought on that, but our the rushing game, if you have any thoughts to fix it, throw them out right here. Yeah, so the rushing game wasn't great. Again, it was only seven carries. But here's the thing that you have to look at. Obviously, you go on Twitter and you go everywhere and everyone's just running, okay, why didn't Matt Nagy run the ball 30 times? Well, Jake just mentioned it. You have to look at it from Matt Nagy's perspective. The, the two out of the seven times that they ran it, there were fumbles that occurred. And even when they did run it and they didn't fumble, they were getting two to three yards. So, you know, I'd almost rather have them throw the ball than grind out you know, three rushes uh, on a drive all for two yards and, and have a three and out that way. I mean, you just have to look at it that way because I think that's what's going through Matt Nagy's head. He's thinking, well, look at what happened, not just this game, but all year when we've tried to run the ball consistently. Uh, you know, it just has not worked out whatsoever. So going forward, I know in the press conference today he said, look, I know we need to run the ball more. I'm not an idiot. That's what he said in the press conference. And I do expect that to come. But again, the root of it all and the root of all the offensive woes is the offensive line. And until that gets better, nothing else can get better. Uh, the play calling get better, can't get better. The running game can't get better. And the quarterback play can't get better. And we'll get into that a little bit. But I, I, I pin it down to that more, more than the play calling, more than anything, is, is the failure of the offensive line to even give Dave Montgomery any type of chance uh, out there at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I don't know really what else there is to do. I, I mean, the offensive line is not opening holes. Um, and and I, I mean, I, I think that's honestly just all there is to it. I mean, you're, you're, you're telling me that this, I mean, you're telling me that, that this is David Montgomery right now. Like this is his, where his talent is. That's absolutely not true. Um, I don't know what they need to do uh, to fix this. I honestly am stumped. Um, just as stumped as every Bears fan. Um, they've made changes on the offensive line. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things that I don't really have an answer to. And I'm, I'm sure you guys could kind of agree right now. It's just not working. And, and also that, that I, I wanted to say something, cause I feel very strongly about this. I, I really hate when people say stuff like, Oh, why do you only run the ball seven times? Like, have you guys been watching this, this, this bears run game this season? I mean, it's no surprise as to why they're not trying to run the ball. The problem is. Our quarterback mm -hmm. hasn't been playing well either. So, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster right there. Um, but I still i am not going to lose hope. I, I, I don't know what they need to change, but something needs to happen. 
Um, maybe it's, you know, the, the even changing the play call, caller, maybe. I, I don't know. Just designing different run plays. Could be so many things. But, um, you know, I, I, the fact that, that we don't really know what it is is kind of worrying. But, um, I mean, listen, Matt Nagy is a great coach. He was the coach of the year for a reason. Um, if anybody can turn this team around, I, it's him. I, I agree with that. I don't think the problem is Nagy. I think, and I, and I said this earlier um, on another show, but I think that Nagy's problem is that he had a plan for this season and he's having to throw it all out the window because of a lack of play at all of these key positions. I think Nagy had this playbook and he had this grand plan that, okay, we're going to take this step. We're going to take these plays. We're going to use them. And now out of this whole playbook, only a few select few are working. And now it's been enough long enough into the season that teams know which plays the bears like to run because those are the only plays that are working and they're keying in on them. So unless specific players at the quarterback position, at the running back position, at the offensive line position, start to step up and start to play better. This offensive game plan can't change because they're not allowing it to change. They're not, they're not playing in a manner that allows you to progress and evolve and continue to change this offense. So that defenses don't start game planning for you. Yeah. I I mean, I just want to go ahead, Chris. I just want to say something really quick before I forget. Uh, Let me ask you guys something. Do you think, because because that that kind of almost raises another question now. It, it seems th- this is one thing I've noticed, and you guys tell me if if you've noticed it at all. Seems like when the offense isn't working, when the offense is just literally not moving, seems like Nagy has a hard time adjusting. It seems like it it, it almost never like this almost this scenario never happens. The Bears come out looking like crap, and then you know improve throughout the game. It almost never. I I I don't remember that ever happening. Um, since since Nagy's been here, I don't know what you guys how you guys feel about that, but do you guys think you know he has trouble adjusting when when things are not working, or do you think he's just it's not it's out of his hands? That's a very fair point. That's something that's been brought up by a ton of media personalities and a ton of people uh, all over Chicago. But the one game that you did see him adjust actually was against the Oakland Raiders, right? Offensively, you know they go down seventeen zero and they score three consecutive touchdowns, and you know the main reason for that was. You know, the guys on the field were just making plays. And I know it was Chase Downey out there, and I'm not advocating for Chase Downey to be the quarterback by any means. But the the unique thing about that, where, you know, it looked like Matt Nagy just a little bit, was the guys were just making plays. You know, Chase Downey was hitting his receivers. Allen Robinson was getting around guys. Uh, Anthony Miller even made a few plays in that game as well. You know, you just saw things click. And I think that's what it really comes down to. You mentioned it, Chris. It It just comes down to players making plays, man. And... You can't expect so much from Matt Nagy when when that's not happening. Like, do I really knock him for going on that 20-plus yard play to Anthony Miller on third and two? I don't necessarily because if that's a good throw, you know, that's a really nice 20-plus yard gain and, and it gets you to midfield. And yeah. it, it, the design was great yeah. and it would have worked, but ultimately it comes down to the fact that he missed the throw. And we're going to get more into mention about all that, but it, it has been an issue in his career. It, it certainly has been an issue in his career, his inability to adjust. But again, unless guys aren't making plays, there, there's not much else the guy can do. Yeah, Chris, I, I think I think it's definitely a fair point, and I think we have seen it. I think we even saw it a little bit last year. I think it was just last year we didn't notice it as much because the defense was so good and the Bears were still able to hold on to leads. But I, I have noticed that, but Back to my original point, I think he's hamstrung. I think he's hamstrung by the talent that he has and what he has to work with. 
Um, but I do agree. It seems like he goes in with a singular plan. And when that goes out the window, he has trouble keeping up. But again, I'm going to keep hammering it. I just think he's hamstrung by what he's working with and is having difficulty making new things work because the old things aren't even working. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, for me, it's like, I definitely don't think he is safe from criticism. I, I don't think Nagy deserves to be completely safe from criticism. But the thing is, I I think, I, I don't know if I should save this thought, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it because we'll, we can transition. But I, I, I think Mitch is, I don't think Nagy has been good, but I think Mitch is making him look a lot worse. I, I, I think that that's what's going on here right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, it, it's it's a hundred percent true, whether you like it or not. It is true. Again, I mentioned that one play that really stands out to me is that third down uh, and two play, right? I mean, everyone's knocking on Nagy for not just throwing a short pass, but you know, with a good throw. I mean, I didn't mind that play design, and I liked the route from Anthony Miller. You know, and, and it's a twenty-plus yard gain, and if the play is completed. It's, it's the complete opposite. Everyone's saying, wow, what a great play call from Matt Nagy there in third and two to take a shot in that situation, right? But because it's not completed, the whole mindset and the whole narrative changes. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you, you could do that for anything, right? It's like, what are fans' reactions to a fourth down and one conversion or no conversion, right? If they get the fourth down and one, they're saying how smart the coach is for getting it. If they don't get it, they're saying how stupid the coach is for going for fourth down in that situation. So, you know, ultimately... It, 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 it in that game especially it came down to Mitch just not being able to hit his throws and in the right situations and and there, again there's just not a lot you can do if the players aren't making the plays on the field and the offensive line isn't opening the holes you know it, it's both sides of the ball it's not like the running game has been great and he shot away from it it has not been good it's not like the passing game has been great and he shot away from that both sides have not been good so it's like you know what else do you expect him to do really uh, with if both sides of the offense both components of the offense have not been good at all yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a whole thing because there is so much that you have to take in and there are throws being missed and there, it's, it's tough. I mean, again, we did mention or I mentioned to open the show that there's going to be a lot of tough questions and, you know, only time will tell how you try and fix these and how you can try to, I, I guess, address these because... Kevin, you you just hit the nail on the head. Like you you nailed it. There is just too many things on. There isn't a clear remedy in sight, and you have to try and figure that out. Unfortunately, on the fly, because you thought you had something going into this year, and then it, it hasn't come together yet. Will it come together? I don't know. Um, but this leads us to really the crux of the issue, and that's Mitchell Trubisky and his ability or maybe even inability to run this offense, to make the correct plays. Again, we had a couple throws, more than a couple, once again, that he made some throws and you and they were incomplete or they were overthrown or underthrown. And you sit there and, I mean, Eisen, Rich Eisen tweeted it, and I, I think it was very accurate. It seems like he leads the league in throws that are, oh, he should have made that throw. And I, I think you see that. And, you know... We have to remember this is coming off a long layoff for Mitch. He had the shoulder injury and then the bye, and then he just had a week of practice. But it, So maybe rust is a part of that, and maybe that is why he was able to make those throws in the fourth quarter, and maybe it, it is why he got better. But there are some serious questions. What is your state of the quarterback situation right now? 
Yes, this is obviously the hot topic in Chicago right now, and rightfully so. I mean, it's the it's the one thing that everyone can't get away from. And look, he looked he looked awful, but th- there are some things to notice, right? You know, he looks awful, so everyone is obviously quick when it comes to Mitch Trubisky to hate on him, to to garbage him, to trash him, especially at this point of the season, the way the team looks, they're gonna find any way they can to trash him. But it's it's so hard, but you had to look at a few things. Number one. He is coming off of an injury, and I know I know that may seem like an excuse, but it's a legit reason. I mean, Troy Aikman was talking about it. You could see some of his throws were impacted by that harness. He didn't look comfortable. He was afraid to get hit. Uh, he, he, he was shaky in the pocket, and I truly, truly believe that a big reason for that was, you know, anytime you're coming off an injury, you're a little bit shy. You're a little bit not as confident as you would be, right, because you don't want to re-injure your shoulder. You don't want to go down super hard again and possibly get re-injured. So I do think that's one of the reasons why he, he looked flustered and he was afraid to move and get hit. So that's number one. But number two, and, and this is the one thing that we know about Mitchell Trubisky so far through three years. He is extremely mental. And he's so in his head right now, mentally, it's not even funny. We know Mitch is a capable quarterback when he's in a rhythm and when he's confident. And when he finds that confidence, he can be a good, you know, average, solid quarterback. And we've all seen it. I mean, again, when, when he goes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for six touchdowns, he's just flinging it, he's slinging it, throwing it around, having a good time, right? But with all the criticism coming down on him, with all these poor plays he's been making, he is just so in his head, and he just cannot escape it. He looks shaky in the press conferences. He look, he just does something. Just doesn't seem right. So uh, for me, about Mitch Trubisky, it's number one, nail his confidence down, because I think with confidence will come success for him. And number two, you know, I said it. I said I'll give him till week eight, and that's when I'll pull the plug on him on how I feel about him. This upcoming week is week eight. So I'm giving him one last shot to come back out and do something productive because it'll be his second game off of injury. I don't want him to look flustered and just want him to get a little bit out of his head and be a little bit more confident. And there's so much more to say. Chris, what do you got? Look, it's I, I have probably the most love-hate relationship with Mitch Trubisky out of any player I've I've ever like been I've never ever been a fan of. It, it's it's almost when he when the draft was first happening. I, I I'm not even kidding. You guys can go look up my tweets. Anybody who's listening, Mitch Trubisky was my QB one before I even had a, a clue the Bears were going to trade up for him. I had no idea. I did not expect that at all. So I was I was a believer in Mitch, and I don't think I have turned on a player quicker. And and it sucks. It it pains me because I don't want to do it. But I've just I have almost zero hope in him. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I And honestly, I know you guys have called me the villain and whatnot, but at this point, it's it's almost like I, I feel like it's it's almost hard to defend him. It's it's virtually impossible, in my opinion. Um, and the bottom line for me is, you know, he, he's a great guy. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. Mitch is just he, he seems like a very good guy. And, you know, the, the team loves him for the most part. Um, seems like he has a great personality and all. But I mean, we need to win football games. This defense is ready to win now. Um, and, and personally, I think we still have a decent offense. I still think we have some playmakers. Um, and I think there is a somewhere there's a quarterback out there that would turn this this offense into a Super Bowl contending offense. Um, and, and, you know, whether the Bears make a move at the, at the deadline to try to do something, which I'm not expecting at all. Um, the only thing I can say is we have to stick by Mitch for now because I, I don't see a change coming. Um, and, you know, if he's your quarterback for the year, he's your quarterback for the year. There's really nothing you can do. Um, so, I mean, if he's a quarterback, I, the, my thing is I'm supporting him, but I don't have hope in him. And that's that's where I'll, I'll leave it with that. 
Yeah, I think you have to support him. I mean, they're really uh, everyone is saying, "Oh, trade for Philip Rivers, trade for Teddy Bridgewater." Now that Breeze is coming back, those things aren't going to happen. I don't think the Bears are going to make a trade. How often do you see a trade happen in the NFL at the deadline within the season anyway? This isn't like Major League Baseball. There aren't a ton of moves that happen. This isn't like the NBA uh, that happen at the deadline. The NFL is usually pretty stagnant, and things happen in the offseason more often than not. Am I completely ruling that out? No. Maybe the Bears do pull the trigger on a Marcus Mariota trade or Teddy Bridgewater or whoever, whatever your quarterback of choice is. Um the thing is, my my thing with Mitch is he's fine. He is perfectly fine. He's not going to go out there and win you a championship, though. If anything wins you a championship, it's this defense. However, you're not going to get there in the first place if this offense doesn't become somewhat competent, somewhat even closer to average, because right now they're not even anywhere close to that. This team is in danger of falling out of the playoff picture I mean, this is a competitive division. The wild card's always an option, but at the rate you're going right now, things are falling and you don't have a lot of time to write the ship and it's not getting easier with this slate that you have coming up. This is a tough schedule for the Bears. Um, I think after the season, no matter how it ends, if it ends in the regular season, if it ends in the wild card game, if it ends in a championship, no matter what, I think you're still going to have to take some some time and evaluate the offense, evaluate the quarterback position, evaluate the offensive line, um, evaluate the tight end position. There's a lot that you're going to have to do. But as Kevin said, and as Chris said, you have to stick with them right now because there aren't any other options. We saw what happened when Chase Daniel is in this, in this offense, and it's not better. If anyone's going to win you games in that quarterback room, it's Mitch Trubisky. And like it or not, that's what you have to roll with for the rest of the season. Whatever he shows us, that's what he shows us. You do some evaluations. Maybe you draft someone. Maybe you draft a Jake Fromm in the third round because you're not getting Joe Burrow. You're not getting Tua. So you take a maybe you take a flyer. Maybe you try and bring in Mariota or Bridgewater or whoever you want. But this is it. This is what we have right now, and you got to roll with it. This defense is still very good. It's still good enough to get you to the playoffs, and we just got to hope that this team makes adjustments. I know it doesn't look great right now, but – especially coming off the bye, but they're going to have to, and you got to believe in it. Um, I'm still going to watch. I know mm-hmm. you two are still going to watch, but I I mean, you just got to hope for the best. And I think Nagy is smart enough to make those corrections. Look, and, and the, it's crazy, but there are defenses to be made about Major Trubisky's play on Sunday. There really are. Number one, not many quarterbacks, not many offenses succeed when you don't run the ball as effectively as the Bears did. And when you have absolutely no help in that department, because you know, this is what Jake always mentions, too. I mean, when you run the ball seven times, I mean, the def- the defense knows what you're going to do if they see that you're only running the ball seven times, man. And they can, and they can easily read that uh, scheme-wise and, and, and understand what's going on on the field. So that, first in the first place, is not helping the Trubisky's case at all. Number two, again, it's the old line play, right? I mean... It was. I would say it was actually slightly better this week than against Oakland. I would say it was slightly better, and it, this is a very, very good Saints defensive front seven. But, you know, he, it seems like he's always running around, and especially in the type of situation that I mentioned, you know, coming off of an injury, it just was not playing in his favor. But if there's one thing that I really need to see from Mitchell Trubisky in that offense going forward that a lot of people have been talking about is his legs, right? You know, I mentioned it before this uh, this week. I said they, you know, they really need to utilize his legs, and it seems like we haven't seen it at all. I mean, I think he's got like 
31 yards on the year. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere around 31 or, or 30. Like, this guy had around, I think, 300, 400 rushing yards last year, and we were expecting all this to happen. And, you know, when the pass game isn't working, you know, utilize what we know he can do well, and that's his legs, and get him out on play action and get him scrambling, do some read options, do some designed runs. So if there's one, you know, I've been very supportive of Matt Nagy, uh, even in these situations. I, I'm still siding with him. But if there's one thing I want to be critical of, it is it is that component about Mitch Trubisky's legs. I mean, you know, utilize him, man. You know, he's not the greatest at throwing the football right now. He, he's playing a little bit scared. Utilize those legs. Get him out of the pocket. I mean, he thrives in play action. Just do more of that. And I think Mitchell Trubisky can be just fine and just enough for this team going forward. I mean, he was last year, right? And and that's the crazy thing. It's not like he was this bad last year. And, and that's what's so shocking to everyone, right? We expected to see the progression. We just haven't. But we, I feel like we know it's there. And we're just not – he's just not reaching his potential. But we all – we all know it's there, I think, and I and I think that's what's the most frustrating part about it. It's not like a guy who came out of the draft. He, he he's not Ryan Leaf. He didn't come out of the draft his first year, horrible. No, I mean he 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 took the team to twelve and four division championship, and that's what people are expecting. So. I think if he just uses his legs a little more, gets a little bit more confidence, Mitchell Trubisky can be just fine. But, you know, there are some names to be thrown around there in the trade conversation if it comes to that. But I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where, you, you know, you got to weigh the pros and cons. I mean, yeah, if you wait till the draft, you you potentially get your franchise quarterback then. And, you know, he he's your guy moving forward. Um Obviously, if it works out, but the, I mean, we, we know our window is closing soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we can all agree on that. It, you know, that our, our players are not going to be getting any younger. So that's why I feel like, you know, if you're going to make a move, it has to be at the deadline or if it's going to be in the offseason, you grab, you know, a, a bridge gap QB that that can that you feel can just do enough. Because, you know, it, it what if what if this quarterback needs time, you know, needs a couple of years, you know, our window, our window would be damn near shut i feel if we had to wait a couple years so i mean this team is in win now mode you you make a move at the deadline you try to grab somebody or in the offseason you i'm not i don't know maybe teddy bridgewater i'm not sure man there's we got to see what happens with you know the guys in free agency but it's it's one of those things where it's either you trade right now or get a bridge gap qb for for the next couple years and, and try to you know give it one last hoorah if you will yeah, uh, if you're going to trade right now, I think probably the only I mean, the most viable option would be Bridgewater after watching what he just did to your defense. But I have a feeling the Saints aren't going to let him go even in free agency. I think they want to keep him around uh, pending on what Breeze does this offseason. I think your most viable option if you're going to go for a trade is going to be Nick Foles, which would hamstring you financially. You, he's not back to week 11, by which point you might be need a real, real strong push. Um, and that's still three, four weeks from now until he would even be back. So that'd be a huge decision to make. If I, if this was going the way I wanted to, uh, as far as the quarterback situation, I would wait. Um, the top guys, free agent guys, would be Bridgewater. Then you have Mariota, Winston, and Tannehill would be the next probably most viable options. And I don't think any of us are really licking our chops over that. So my my solution would be the draft. Try and get Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert, whoever you like, and see what happens. See if you can light a fire under Mitch. And if not, if the younger guy it plays better and shows better, ride that. Because as Chris said, this championship window is open for 
three, four years at the most for not including this season. So you got to capitalize now and you got to act fast. And I, I think I will say this, Ryan Pace has been known to make the aggressive move. I know it would be a, a bad look for him to kind of give up on Mitch, who he really liked, who he traded up for, but when he needs to get aggressive, he does it. So I, I think no matter what happens, he's going to do something, uh, whatever, whatever that is. I don't know. But right now, we're riding with Mitch. Uh, see what happens. Hope hope that he can bounce back because Kevin said his confidence is everything. And we got to hope that he comes out confident because if he doesn't come out strong, if he looks nervous, he looks like he's playing scared again this upcoming week, then that's going to that's gonna uh, spell a lot of problems for the next half of the season. Yeah, look, uh, to, to me, in my opinion, I don't think a Bears draft pick at quarterback is, is the answer here. I, I really don't because you guys just both just mentioned it, right? A, a window. It's not very often a quarterback comes in and is very successful year one and can take a team to the Super Bowl. And we know that's what's capable of this team, the talent that's on this roster. So to me, if it is a change, it's a trade or it's a free agent in the offseason. But a trade just looks so unlikely um, because, you know, Matt Nagy comes out after the game. He says, look, Mitchell Trubisky is my quarterback. And I know that's what any coach would probably say to defend their guy. But, you know. We, we talk about the limited draft picks the Bears have and the limited salary cap that they have, and it just seems unlikely. I think it, another name to throw out, though, is Cam Newton. Um, the, the, the Panthers just decided they are going to start Kyle Allen again on Sunday, and I think Cam Newton may be healthy for that game, but they're choosing to go with him. They've been undefeated with Kyle Allen in there, and we know Cam Newton's an MVP candidate, uh, a Super Bowl um, runner-up. Like This guy can play ball, and then you mentioned Nick Foles, but that's going to carry a lot of baggage as far as salary along with him. But to me, a draft pick is just, you know, we want to win now, and we know this team can win now. And you talked about that window. To me, getting a draft pick doesn't do you any justice for that doesn't do any service for for winning now um maybe in, in two and three years when he's developed sure but as far as a year one thing you know it, it's unlikely um but it, you know just all i gotta say for bears fans right now man about Mitch Trubisky is you know you just gotta ride with him you, you're unoriginal and you're lazy if you're hating on him and you, and you say all these different things in a different way to say it look a hundred million people have said it already all right you, you're not original if you bring up a mahomes watson trubisky graphic 10 minutes into the game, which is what Fox did on Sunday. I mean, that kind of stuff is just, you know, baffling to me that they do it uh, so quickly and so frequently. And I and I know what they're trying to do with it, but it's just so frustrating. You know, I, give him one more week, man. Give him one more week. And I know we've been saying that, but after this week, it, it's week eight. It's his second week off of injury. If he does nothing, then you can start panicking about the trade line and panicking about everything else. Um, but again, you know, Jake mentioned it. If it's going to be the Bears at any spot, Playoffs, playoffs or not, Super Bowl, Super Bowl or not, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky along for the ride. So you, you really have no more reasons to, to hate on him, to throw shade at him, because it, it, it does nothing. It does nothing at this point. We've seen it too much. We, it's unoriginal. You know, there's nothing else you can do with it. Just just hope for the best for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you got to just Go you ahead, anchor buddy. down. No, I was just going to say you got to anchor down. I mean, that's it. This is I just don't see a trade coming. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring one thing up, okay? Um, this is something that literally, I'm not even kidding, hit me just now. Um, and I, I can't believe I didn't, I did not see this anywhere. I did not even, you know. I think I know what you're about even, to say. I did not, I did not even make the, the, you know, the connection. But who was Marcus Mariota's head coach at Oregon? Mark Schilfrich. Correct. Who's the Bears offensive coordinator right now? 
Oh boy, Mark Alfred. Exactly. Let me just say, Marcus Mariota had a lot of success in a similar type of offense. I know it was at Oregon. I know it's college football. I know the NFL is a different animal. But I mean, look at it. I, I, if the Bears were to make a trade right now for Marcus Mariota, I do not think he would be overly expensive. I do not think the Titans are keeping him after this year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like it's the most realistic option right now. Um, personally, if it were up to me, I think you go with Cam Newton. I don't think you even hesitate with that. He, yes, he gets injured a lot. Um, he's, he's been injured a lot. And, yes, he just he's coming off an injury. But, I mean, this dude was a Super Bowl. Uh, or, sorry, was a um, MVP. MVP. Yeah, was an MVP of the NFL, okay, not too long ago. I think Cam Newton would be the best option, but I think Marcus Mariota does make some sense, and I think it is pretty realistic if they were to go that route. I mean, I'll always be team give me the guy who can stay on the field, but, I mean, I get that. The talent level is definitely that appeal is there for Cam Newton, just be out of a pure talent standpoint, but... Again, if a guy can't stay healthy and now the Panthers to, – to the point that the Panthers, who used the number one overall pick on him, are considering going to someone else, I think that says a lot. Not as much it's as no, putting in Ryan Tannehill over you, but – Right. No, I mean, it, it's no doubt. It, to me, it's, it's it's crystal clear that the Panthers are done with Cam Newton. I mean, I just referenced him, right? Adam Schefter announces that they're starting Kyle Allen. They've been undefeated without him. They just look like a better team overall. With Cam Newton, they went down 0-2. They looked absolutely hopeless. I mean, everyone thought the Carolina Panthers were done. Kyle Allen's a breath, of, a breath of fresh air. Why would you ruin a good thing like that? They seem to be completely done. So I would not be surprised at all if in a few days you're hearing other teams, not just the Bears calling for Cam Newton for trade offers. But the Mariota thing makes a lot of sense like Chris. I'm not, not so sure how much I I really like him, but logically with the whole Hellfish coach thing, I mean, that that is something to consider, especially when, you know, we may see Helfrich be calling the plays in the future. Again, that's something that won't be announced according to Matt Nagy. He said if there is a change in play calling, he won't let anybody know it. But, you know, the way it's been going, he might just hand over the duties to Mark Helfrich and give him a shot at it because where else can you go but up? At this point, I mean, this is the low point of the Bears' offense so far. So you may see that happen. Um, but, I mean, this is it, it's all going to unfold in these next eight days. Trade deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern time on October 29th. So I'm sure we'll hear tons of rumors about it. But uh, for now, up until the Chargers game, you got to ride with Mitch for now. Yeah, Justin, I, you, just an FYI really quick. I'm not advocating for Marcus Mariota. I do not think he's yeah, yeah. some fantastic yeah, yeah. quarterback or anything like that. I, and, honestly, I was very high on him come, coming in, too. But... I, I just think it would make some sense. I, I think it's just something to watch out for, just you know, just to keep track of it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, no one faults you for pointing out a very obvious and very clear uh, connection, and connections always play in the NFL. So it depends. Maybe Helfrich is already advocating for it. Who knows? We're not in the building. We can't know. All we can do is watch and wait and see what happens and just try to support this team, um, which we're going to continue to do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At three and three, to end the segment, then we'll end on some positive stuff. 
Um, but to finish this segment, you're three and three. You have the Chargers coming up. How are we feeling? What, what is what is the sense now, but just personally for you, of this Bears team going forward? I still think that this is a nine or ten win team, um, but they got there's got to be some improvements, and it, it just depends. I think you can still fight for a playoff spot, um, e- even if this offense continues to stall a little bit. But I, I still think this is a nine or ten win team. I totally agree. And look, there's still tons of things to talk about with this team. There, you know, you talk about the defense, you talk about Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, all these guys. I mean, th- there's plenty of, you know, because what we're seeing right now is everyone putting it on Mitchell Trubisky being the make or break player. And the, it, it's like everyone thinks Mitchell Trubisky is the Chicago Bears. No, there's so much more that can go into this that can help this team improve. And, and I truly believe that. And it's just a fact. I mean, if the running game gets going a little bit, so with the passing game. And I've said that a million times, but it's really just a fact of truth at this point. So, I, look, I'm not as worried as everyone else is. You know, if you took out of context reading tweets, listening to Chicago Sports Radio, I, I swear you'd think the Bears would, are 0-7, the way everyone's talking right now. And I know the reason why the negativity is so high is because the expectations were so high. So being 3-3 and is not what you want to be. But you have to, you have to look at it in retrospect and see, okay— the Bears were three and three last year, and I know this is a different situation. And I and I and Matt Nagy said it too. It's a different situation. It's a different feeling. But they're three and three. They're sitting at 500, and they were in the same exact spot last year. Look, he um, Matt Nagy referenced it, referenced it in his press comments today. He said there was a time in KC when he was the offensive coordinator when the Chiefs were one and five. They ended up winning 11 in a row, including a playoff game. You know, at three and three. I'm not ruling anything out. I'm not quitting on this team, and neither should anyone listening to this podcast. I mean, it's just ridiculous to do so, especially with the defense this good and the players that we have on this roster. I mean, this is, you know, talent hasn't gone anywhere. The talent is still top five, in my opinion, in the league, and and, and that's not going to change. It's just the execution and and the play calling and, and the head coaching, and, and I, I still improve all – I still hope all of that will get better. And, look, it, don't write them out. Don't write them off. This team 100% can make the playoffs, and, and, and we talk about that tough stretch, right? You know, the upcoming schedule. Well, look, the Chargers are 2-5, and five, man. The, 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 uh, the Eagles are 3-4. and four. The Lions are 2-3-1. and one. I mean, sure, it's daunting because these teams have talent, but this, this, these are winnable, winnable games. And you saw the Bears after going 3-3 three and three last year go on a five-game win streak. I still could see that happening. But, you know, they had to clean some things up, and they had to execute – but, I mean, at this point, you just got to have trust that they will do so. And, and luckily, right now, the schedule is playing to their favor. I, I, just, find it, I just find it very funny that, um, you know, halfway through the season last year when the Bears were starting to pick up some wins, they started looking legit. Everybody, you know, people that, that, that I'd never seen even watch football were, were talking about the Bears, talking about how good they were. And, and now everyone's just completely turned on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it, it's – look – I say this every podcast, and I will say it every podcast. I'm the villain of the show. I get it. I, I, I've embraced it already. <laughs> All right. But the thing is, look, you can't you can't just just give up on this team. They they, they are not 0-6 right now. I, I think everyone needs to put this into perspective. Mm-hmm. They are not 0-6. Yes, they have looked pretty bad on offense. I, I agree. But there are still some very winnable games left on the schedule. And, and, you know, I still believe that. The only problem is now you can make that argument that when people see the Bears on this on their schedule, that's that's a winnable game as well. So there's definitely some room for improvement. Nobody's denying that. But, I mean, giving up on this team at three and three is pretty ridiculous. I, I 
I'm 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 gonna lower my expectations, but I'm not giving up on this team. I, I'm gonna be honest. I think that's the yep. honest truth. I think a lot of people really? are in agreement. I, I I just that that's just how I'm feeling right now. Jake. No, I think Chris is right. I, I, we've been talking about it all show. It's just, I don't know. There's there's a lot. I mean, as I said to start this last bit, I still think this is a 9-10 win team. But, man, it, it, they're I mean, making it hard. I, they're making it hard. I, I, You know, this is the interesting thing, right? I still think this can be an 11, maybe even a 12-win team. I mean, the, one, the thing that we know, this is not – a situation where, look, the Bears are 3-3, three and three, and look, they just don't have enough talent. They don't have a chance. That That's not the question here. You look at some of these other teams like the Eagles who are 3-4, and four, they're a team where it's like they simply just don't have enough talent in the secondary and defensively to keep up with some of these teams. We know the Bears have the talent on the defensive side of the ball, of course, and even on the off- offensive side of the ball. We've seen you know, an, way more than enough from Allen Robinson. We haven't seen enough from Dave Montgomery, but I think we know what he can do. We know what Tariq Cohen can do. And I've said it before, we know what these guys can do. And th- that's the peculiar situation. I think it is another reason why everyone's so frustrated because they know they're not reaching their full potential. But just looking forward, you know that there is that potential there. And, they, and they can reach that potential. And when they do reach that potential, they're a very, very good Super Bowl contending team. So I think you just have to look at it that way. There is there is still a reason to be optimistic, 100%. And obviously everything you've seen on Twitter and everything has been negative because, you know, overreactions from the game and, and, and first thoughts are all going to be negative when you lose it in a manner like that. But once you have a day or two to sit on it, let it boil down a little bit, then you could start looking at some of these things and start being a little bit more realistic and being optimistic and saying, okay, you know what? Maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe the Bears still do have a shot. Maybe they were 3-3 three and three last year and uh, ended up going 9-1 and one to close the season and, and, and clinch the NFC North. I still think that could happen because the talent is still there. The same coach is there. The same gym is there. And and I have trust in the culture of that locker room and, and the players in on the field to clean it up. And I, and I 100% believe they will do so. I think they clean it up, too. Um, And I think there is some opportunity here, and they obviously have potential, but they just got to realize it, and that's the big question. But someone who is definitely realizing their potential, Allen Robinson has been Mm -hmm. unbelievable all year. I mean, we saw it at the beginning, and it slowly just ramped up the entire time. He has been awesome. I think all of us were in the – in the camp that he is a number one receiver, that he's a star that now that he's a full year removed from that ACL injury, he's ready to blossom. And man, is he blossoming? It's awesome. It's great. What, I mean, the, at least say what you will about Mitch, but Mitch knows he has a number one receiver there, a star wide receiver there. And he's trying to make that connection happen as much as possible. And I love it. You have to keep doing that, especially if you want to have success, but there's not enough you could say about Allen Robinson right now. Yeah, I mean, he he looks, man. You can argue he look he looks better than he did, you know, when he had that crazy year on, when he was on the Jaguars. He looks phenomenal. He he looks mm-hmm. like, I mean, if I if I'd known any be- if I hadn't known any better, I would think this man had never gotten hurt in his career. You know, it, it's it's just he I, he's making catches. Um, that's basically the, that that's all there is to it. He's making catches. He's making every catch, anything in his radius. Allen Robinson is coming down with it. It's it's ridiculous, and I I almost feel bad for him because it seems like his great performances, you know, week in week out are getting wasted. 
Yeah, they're just, I mean, they're getting overshadowed overshadowed by the inability of the offense to execute. But, I mean, if there is one bright spot, like you mentioned, it's Allen Robinson. So at least we got that going for us. Uh, you know, this is a clear-cut wide receiver one at this point. There's no question about it. There, there, There's no debate. I mean, this guy is legit. He's elite. He has returned to his form in Jacksonville, and that should bring nothing but happiness to Bears fans going forward. They at least, you know, we have that guy. At least we have a safety blanket. You know, looking at the offense and looking at some of these third down plays, you know, you, you may not have trust in a lot of the guys, but you're, I know you're thinking to yourself for these plays, well, at least we got Allen Robinson, who, who if we throw it to him, we'll probably come down with it. I mean, that's my mentality when the ball gets thrown to Allen Robinson and my mentality uh, when I see the offense on the field. So at least we have that going for us. And and some of these other guys, man, I, I think we should bring up Anthony Miller because this, to me, is a very, very hot topic, Anthony Miller. And I'm going to transition into that if you guys are okay with it. Um, he made a lot of mistakes on Sunday. And, and he showed a lot of frustration, rightfully so, because a lot of the balls go, that were thrown his way were not accurate, not, pretty much uncatchable. But, you know, I was, I was reading a lot of things about he was making mistakes uh, in, in formations and, and being in the wrong spots, running the wrong routes. So, you know, what are your just thoughts on that? Because we haven't seen the production we expect from Anthony Miller. He's showing frustration. And I know it's crazy, but I've seen people talking about it. You know, th- there are people who think he, the Bears could trade Anthony Miller. And I, I know Chris is going to go ballistic when I say that. Um, but, you know, after, um, you know, some of the mistakes that he made on, uh, on Sunday, what are some of our expectations going forward for Anthony Miller? I, I'm not giving up on Anthony Miller. Because um, if we go, listen. Nobody on this offense besides Allen Robinson looks good. If we were to go by how it's looking right now, everybody on our sure, offense yeah. besides Allen Robinson sucks. So, I mean, it's just a whole team thing. I think Anthony Miller has definitely got to clean up his act. It, it, I, I don't like I don't like him on the field just throwing his arms up like that. I understand you're frustrated, yeah. but I mean, it, it's I love Anthony Miller and Kevin brought it up. He knew I, I was gonna completely disagree with that, but it, it's. I, he he has to be better. He has to be better. That fumble in the beginning of the game was 100% his fault. Trey Burton missed a block on that play, but I mean you can't you can't you can't fumble there. You just can't do it. Um, and I I made this point last week. I think he's been very very unlucky. I, I think a lot mm-hmm. of the balls that he's been targeted with have just been very inaccurate. And I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his height maybe. Or, I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but like I said, it's a whole offense thing. Everybody needs to improve. Allen Robinson is the only guy that I have no complaints about. I still have confidence in Anthony Miller, too. I still think he's kind of shaken off this shoulder surgery, the harness. I think he's still adjusting to it. Obviously not the jump that we were expecting from him. But, again, that goes back to the offensive struggles as a whole. So I still definitely have faith in him. I still think he can make that jump at some point into being a – a top end wide receiver two or even a wide receiver one. Yeah. The, the only reason I brought up the trade is, you know, if everyone really does want to trade for a quarterback and you think that's more uh, necessary, then you might see Anthony Miller in a package like that just to get another draft pick back or ju- just to make it, you know, more possible. If the bears do want to go the route of the quarterback, which we, both we all think is is unlikely but um yeah i mean i I have a trust in a guy like anthony miller i just want to see him not get frustrated that that's the only thing for me because i know we we all know how good this guy can be and 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 we all know that we all we all seen it i mean he even made some nice plays at the end of that game in garbage time and i know it's garbage time but he still made the plays um but you know, we, I talked about earlier, you mentioned Jabez's confidence. When you see a receiver do that, I, I know you're frustrated, but doing that, it, it, it's bad for chemistry and it's bad for the confidence of the quarterback. And that is 100% the, 
what is necessary for Mitchell Trubisky. So I know he's he, he's a feisty player and he he loves to speak out a little bit. And I don't have a problem with that. But when it comes to your chemistry within the team, I think if he could just clean that up and just you know have a little bit more confidence within Mitchell Trubisky, that'll be fine. I mean, Tariq Cohen came out. Uh, in the post-game press conference or, you know, someone was interviewing him and he said, you know, I, Mitch Trubisky's my guy, man. I got total trust in him. I got total faith in him and he's going to be my guy going forward. You know, I, I don't know if Anthony Merrill said that or not, but I want to see him say something like that. And, and I know he's been frustrated because the balls haven't come his way and uh, where he's wanted them to. But, you know, j- just say that you have trust, show that you have trust, and good things will happen, man, because it's all about chemistry. And if the quarterback starts losing confidence in Anthony Miller, then it's only going to get worse from there. I mean, we know how much confidence and chemistry there is between Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson. And look how that works out. So I just want to see a little bit of that chemistry and confidence between those two guys kind of formulate here uh, as we go forward. Let me ask you guys something very quickly. Um, you brought up Anthony Miller. Um, you know, you, you've seen people bring him up in, in trades and stuff like that. Um, I've seen two guys uh, mentioned a lot, Prince Amukamara and Trey Burton, um, as possible mm-hmm. pieces in a trade. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to make this podcast look like we're turning on anybody. But um, like, would you rather trade one of those guys or? Anthony Miller. I mean, if you had to include yeah. somebody in, into into a trade, you know, like who do you think would would yield the best the best you know return? I mean, Miller, I think is the obvious answer to return to give you the best return. <laughs> if you can yeah. find someone to take Trey Burton, go for <laughs> it. If you can get because again, and and this was always a big thing when the Jay Cutler talk was happening, trade talks were. This isn't like the MLB where you can take on money, a certain amount of it. If you trade someone in the NFL, that full salary goes to the new team. So yeah. you find someone to take Trey Burton, you go for that because he has been non-existent and I'm over it. Uh, he's getting paid as a top five tight end in the league. He's playing like a bottom five. Um, again, yes, it's part of the offense, but still he's supposed to be the safety blanket. And right now he's not doing anything um, this is money that you, it's a sunk cost at this point. Um, do I hope he turns it around? Yes. But I still think Anthony Miller probably gives you the best return, but Amukamara for a team that really needs a corner, I think they'd give you something. I think they'd give you something of real value. It just depends on who you're trading with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, yeah, I, I just want to say something really quick. I, I think, I think there was, there has been a disconnect between Trey Burton and entire you know, fan base of the Chicago Bears since that <laughs> Eagles game. Um, I, I think yeah. he's just kind of lost the trust of Bears fans, I, I want to say. And and I don't know if I'm wording it right, but it, it's just something's just Trey Burton just it feels disconnect. There's a there's a disconnect somewhere. I, I don't know. It's something ever since that Eagles game. It just something in my mind kind of changed about Trey Burton. And and, you know, he hasn't done a very good job of, of you know, winning Bears fans hearts back. I'll just leave it at that because. I don't want to turn this yeah. into a bash, bash session, but yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think it's not just Bears fans. I think I honestly think it's some of the guys in the locker room. I mean, you know, again, we, we talk about, you know, being uh, conscious of, of what these guys are going through. But this situation in particular, missing the Eagles game, missing the Packers game, there was no answers, uh, I don't think. And I think it, it kind of maybe ruined a bit of chemistry and confidence in him within guys in the locker room. And I don't know if that's for sure, but it sure seems that way because – they're not throwing him the ball. He's not doing anything productive. He just look. He doesn't look great. And 
I think that having a good tight end and a good offense can, can make an offense look so much better because from the blocking department, it can open up holes. From the receiving department, you always want to have a huge mismatch like that because there's no other mismatch like a, a fast, speedy, big-time tight end. Uh, and there, there are certainly guys out there who could be on the trade market for that. So, um, I, I look, about the trades, I don't think Prince Mukamura is going anyway because after him, I don't have trust in anyone else. Uh, and, and Prince Mukamura looked okay. Okay on Sunday. I mean, he, he had a nice swat out of Tenge Jr. in the end zone. He had a few uh, bombed plays, but I mean, he, he's just fine. I have no issues with him. And behind him, Kevin Tolliver, some of those other guys. I don't know if I have full trust in uh, Duke Shelley and those guys. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but I, I think the Bears are going to make some kind of move. Some kind of move on the offensive side of the ball that may be a little bit shocking. Maybe maybe will make you say, okay, maybe this offense is gonna get a little bit better because of it. JP Holtz wasn't that, you know, that, that's that's nothing. Maybe uh, uh, a guy, I don't have a specific name. Evan Ingram is a guy that's been throwing around, but that that's big time money there too. Uh, but I think they're gonna do something, and I think tight end is another really really interesting spot to look at in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at the I mean, end of the day, there's a lot that you need to address here. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it's just you can't really pin anything specific down because there's so many yeah. different ways this could go. Yeah, it's – it's. I mean, for a quick fix at tight end, it's – there's one guy that I've had in mind since the beginning of the year, and that's Mike Gesicki um, from Miami. <clears throat> um, you okay. know, they're, they're, they're in full-blown rebuild mode. Uh, they're, they're, they're literally trying to lose. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's a young tight end we can go after and, and see if he could develop. But I mean, yeah, I, I, like you guys have been saying, there's no really quick fix to this. There's no, there's no fix that you can hundred percent be like, okay, this is going to completely fix the offense right now. Um, that at least that one that's realistic. So, um, it, it's, it, they got to figure it out. That's, that's really the bottom line here. Yeah, and I, I think the main thing for this offense, too, is what Matt Nagy mentioned. It's just find an identity. I mean, Mitch, or Mitch Trubisky mentioned it. He said, we have absolutely no identity right now. Find an identity, whatever it is. I mean, last year they had a bit of an identity. Uh, it, it, they still weren't a great offense last year, but they were something. And I think going forward, you just got to find an identity and find who you are. Um, and, again, we know these players are talented, so I have trust in them doing that. Just just find an identity and roll with it going forward. Yeah, it these next few weeks are going to tell us a lot about this team yeah, and about the culture that we've been hearing so much about. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, I have nothing else. Do either of you guys have any final thoughts? Um, you got anything, Chris? Just, I, I'm going to say just it's hard to remain positive right now, but we got to do it. If if they make a trade, then we'll support the new guy. But for now, it, it's, it's Mitch. So, I mean, you can either, you know, just – hop off the bandwagon and just stop watching altogether. You can support the team. Those are the only two options you have here. So um, we'll, we'll just be confident um, and, you know, we'll just let this thing shake out. Yeah. There's one thing I want to sure. notice, you know how we didn't talk about the defense all podcast. Yep. I think that just goes to show we're not worried about it. And, and that's yeah. not the issue here. The defense was put in terrible positions all game. I mean, the offense can't get a first down. They're coming out tired. They needed to be better. I will say that. They, they, they didn't look great. But, I mean, that is a defense that had like 30 points dropped on them by the Miami Dolphins last year. So, right now, after six games, they're scoring defenses 0.1 better than the 2018 Bears, which was a defense that finished number one in the league in nearly every category that you could think of. So, I you know, there, there's no issues with the defense. So, going forwards, you know, you just got to have confidence. Chris mentioned it. You got to have optimism. Go out there, 
you know, wear your Bears jersey on Sundays, wear your Mitch Trubisky jersey, and have trust in this team. The Colts last year were one and five and made the playoffs. Bears aren't one and five. They're not zero and seven. They're not zero and six. They're not two and four. They're three and three, and they're in an okay spot. And, and we know, we know that these guys can do things, man. And we, and we know going forward, this team is capable of achieving. You know, again, Super Bowl, man. I, I, they're capable of achieving that. We just have to see it. But we know it's there. And, and we know it's there, and I think that's the main thing. We know these guys on the field can do that. We just have to see it happen. And next week has to be the week. you got to capitalize on a 2-1-5 Chargers team and going forward. So, you know, again, I mentioned earlier, th- there's no reason to be negative anymore. It, it, I understand it, and I, the criticism is necessary. You need to be critical, but as far as being negative, I don't want to see it. it. It's lazy, and, and it's useless. You got to have optimism. You got to look at the bright side of it. Ha- you know, Matt Nagy said today, half glass full. And it's not just the fans. It's the team that has to have that mentality, right? You got to throw this one away. You had a tough game and you got to move forwards. Again, it happened last year. You lost to the Dolphins. You lost to the Giants. You had some bad losses last year. All right. Same situation this year. Tough losses off of a bye. You, you throw it away. You move forward. You shut out the, the, the haters and the media and, and you just stay true to your identity and true to your culture. And I think if the Bears do that, they will be just fine going forward. Exactly. Exactly. I just one last thing I'll throw out there. Yeah, I promise I'm done. No, keep going. man. (laughs) Us three, us three talked this morning and we Mm -hmm. we brought up the fact that, you know, it's just bashing on this team right now is is basically just beating something that's already dead. And and it's just it's pointless right now. It's pointless. We know we can discuss it all we want. Of course. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing on this podcast. We're discussing what the problem is and being critical. and, And of course, but it's just I mean. You, you can't give up on this team. You, you it's There's no point in complaining uh, about, you know, this team doing this and that, this and that. We we, we just got to support right now. Um, and I know, yeah, look who's talking, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's true. It's true. And, and you know, even even me, I got to do a be- better, better job at that as well. So, um, you know, just, just, just be positive. That's all I can say. Yeah, I think that's a mentality that a lot of people, you just got to, Double down, be positive. This team is still ultra talented. This team still is really well coached. And, you know, they're hungry. We know they're hungry. Eddie Jackson today said he wants a players-only meeting. So if that happens, I think you're going to see a fired-up team. Oh, really? He said that? He said that on 670 The Score this morning, yeah, that he wants to call players-only meeting for the uh, Wednesday see, morning or Tuesday morning, one of the two. See, this, this is this is what I absolutely love about that. That, that to me, tells me a lot about the guys in that locker room and that culture. And we talk about it all the time. We talked about it in the offseason, but we haven't really talked about it as much, right, uh, about the camaraderie and the culture. But that's still there, man. I mean, the accountability that these guys hold themselves to, you know, that that is what you love to see. And even in the end of the game, right, you saw the Bears score a few garbage-time touchdowns, and you saw – Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen get a little bit chippy. I don't have an issue with that. To me, that shows me that they care. Other teams, you know, I know it's garbage time and call me crazy for it, but, you know, that shows to me that, you know, down 20 in the end of the game, these guys are still running as hard as they can, making plays as much as they can, and they care, and, and they want to show out for the team and for their teammates. So, so to me, this is a locker room full of motivated guys, full of guys who have a lot of grit and a lot of heart. And if there's any team in any locker room that can fix this, it's them. So I love that you, I just want, I love that you brought that up, man, about Eddie Jackson calling a players meeting. Cause you know, you can't just rely on the coach to fix it and, and, and rely on the coach to motivate you. It's got to come within, it's got to come with the team, uh, within all those guys in the locker room. So I love to hear that. That's great. 
news for me that this that I've trust now even more that these guys are going to figure it out going forward. I have so much trust uh, in, in the grit, in the heart, and in just the fight and and love that these guys and passion that these guys have for the game. Yeah, I feel like that's that's Eddie Jackson to a T right there. I mean, that's that's a testament to his leadership. We know he's always been that guy rallying, you know, the guys around him on defense. Um, there, the thing is, people. I saw this on Twitter. Just I know I keep saying one last thing, but I promise this is my last time. Um, th- people kept posting that video of the Bears. Um, I don't know if it was an egg they were they were just tossing, or um, I think it was Friday at practice. They were just yeah, tossing an, an egg, egg back yeah. and forth. And people actually fully believe that that's the reason why the Bears lost. Like it, it, it's, oh no, it, it's, no, no. I saw no, that no. all over Twitter. People no. were saying that they could have been practicing instead of doing this. Like, come oh. on, man. You're, you do you really think they were doing that all week? It, it's they got beat oh. by a team who played a better game, and we'll leave it at that. And there, we have problems that we need to make improvements on, but we we did lose to a team that I think we can all agree is probably better. I mean, we had no excuse to lose that game, and they absolutely mm-hmm. dominated us. That's that's a good team. That's a good team. I, I, I think, I mean, there's no, there's no shame in admitting that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that was very silly. I just wanted to point that out. I think if you're making that claim, it's pretty ridiculous and you got to stop like now. Yeah. I think it's just people were quick to turn on this team, but yeah. if this players only meeting happens, I think there's going to be some fire. I think they're really talented. Obviously, as we saw last year, that talent didn't go anywhere. I think we see them come out with a little bit more fire this week against the Chargers. Chargers are a beatable team. um, So we'll see what happens. There's going to be a lot of eyes on this team this upcoming week. So we'll see how they handle the pressure. And in in the center of that players meeting, it it should be Mitch Trubisky. And and he should take full accountability, but he should have full confidence in him and his team going forward. I just want to throw that out there. Um, But yeah, you know, looking forward, we're going to do our uh, Chargers um, game preview probably like Thursday or Friday, I think. But yes, very winnable game. Jake mentioned it. This is a two and five team. This isn't the Chargers team anyone was expecting. So, uh, you know, a start for confidence and a start for a win streak and a little bit of momentum, really, really good opportunity against this Chargers team at home. So they're in a nice spot right here, actually, because it's not like they're about to play uh, a 7-0 and team coming off of a horrid loss. If that was the situation, I'd be freaking out. But at home, against a team that's struggling, you have a really good chance to start to carry some momentum, get a little bit of confidence going forward. And I think if they catch that, then you could start seeing a 3-4 game win streak, which is, is exactly what they need to save this season. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's all, all good points. Yeah, and I think there was a lot discussed. I mean, we talked this morning. Mm-hmm. We are going to have a long talk on this podcast. Uh, this is definitely one of our longer ones uh, recent as, as of recently. So um, we're still going to get put out that Chargers preview later in the week. But we had to give this. We had to do this State of the Union, answer some hard questions. I think we did that to the best of our ability. But, you know, we'll talk later. We'll talk later this week for the Chargers preview. Hopefully we gave all of our listeners a lot to think about. I think we gave each other some stuff to think about too, um, which is always the goal. So we will reconvene later in the week. Let this digest a little bit more. But until then, for myself, for Kevin, for Chris, we'll see you later this week. And as always, I know it's tough right now, but bear down. Bear down.